Good worship. Oh, he loves us. Oh, how much he loves us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for being our chain breaker. Our way maker. And no matter how far you get away or how far you get down, he'll get right down there with you. And it does, that just doesn't matter. There's no place that you can hide from God. He will find you and he will meet you at your weakest time. Praise him for that today. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 12, maybe through 15 to 17. We'll see how far we get today. Going back to running the race, this ties back to right at the start of this chapter. So everything that we talk about today is teaching us to run the race with endurance that is set before us. And we do that by looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Sometimes we learned last week that that includes discipline. We need discipline to run this race correctly. And today, we're going to renew our spiritual vitality. Is the heading that comes above the scriptures uh, in one of my other Bibles. I like the way it said, we're going to renew our spiritual vitality today. And we do that with one way. Through Christ. Amen. All right. Verse 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths before your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by many, by this many have become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who has, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you knew that afterward he wanted to inherit the blessing, but he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. Father, we come this morning opening up your word. I pray you open up our hearts and our minds and our ears today. God, open up our feet today that we would run to your word. That we would sprint to your word today. That we may run the race that you've set for us with the endurance that comes through your word and through the teaching and the training of your word to each and every one of us. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this specific word today and how it trains us to be a better disciple in Christ. I thank you for it today, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we start out real simple. It says we're talking about your feeble knees. Don't let your hands hang down, your feeble knees. Don't be weak-kneed Christian is really what it's saying. You know, too many Christians today, we run around with our head down. And it, oh, woe is me. I don't know what I'm going to do. Too many times we hang our hands down, hang our heads. Too many times. Yet we know that God will never leave us or forsake us, that he is always with us. Yet we still do that. I want to encourage us today to be the type of Christians that God has called us to be. 
And we start with not being that. We, we, do, we start with not being complainers. Don't go through this life as a complainer. That's what a, that's what a weak-kneed Christian would be. Oh, Lord, I can't do nothing, you know. No, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. that. Why are we doing this, you know? Why are we doing it? What are we doing? Question everything. Lord, I don't even, you know, it's just, no, don't go through life as a complainer. What kind of testimony are you putting out there when you see that? What kind of testimony? How big is our God to you if that's all you can see? Think about that for just a minute. Philippians 2, 14 through 16 says, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Do we not live there today? What's our calling to be? Our calling to be is very simply, we are to be blameless and harmless children of God. That's what we're to be. That's what we're called to be. We're supposed to do things without whining about it, without complaining about it. Follow the Lord's leading in your life. Follow what the Scripture says. Among you whom shine as the lights in the world. If Christ is in us and he shines through us, would not the world want to know the difference in you? Would not just your family want to know the difference in you? What's, what's made a difference in your life today? Can you verbalize that? Or you're going to go, I don't know, you know, I know Jesus, but golly gee, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> you know, we're looking at the ground, kicking our feet together like we're seven years old and our parents are chewing us out again. I don't know. We do. It's, it's, it's quite comical to watch sometimes. But here's what we do. We're supposed to let God's light shine through our lives. If we're not going to be, we're going to be strong Christians, then we're going to depend upon him. If we're strong, we're really weak, and he's strong in us. That's the point. This isn't about us being strong in our, our own self. It's about God being strong through us and in us. It's about him. It's not about us so that we can run the race with endurance that he set before us. If we go around weak need and hanging our head down, our hands down all the time, we can't be that. It says, holding fast to the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. And that's what Paul's writing to the Philippian church. Look, do this, people, so that, that he can says, he says very simply, do this. So I haven't labored in vain. You ever felt like you labor in vain? You ever feel that way? That maybe you're not getting your point across? That maybe they're not listening? Well, in Isaiah, it tells us that our word, his word, that is sent forth will not go in vain. Now, that's not an exact quote. That's not an exact quote, but that's what it's talking about. But it will prosper in the thing in which I sent it. You see, his word, if we seek it, we may not see all the benefits of it, you know, or the reaction to it at that time. But if his word, if we're putting forth his word, that's what we have to offer people today, is it not? His word. We don't have our opinions. Our opinions don't count. What counts is we have to offer the word of God to people. That's what will change them. Not us. The Holy Spirit will convict and change them. That's what we have to offer them today. We offer them Jesus. How do we do that? It says in Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, 
Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And after that, it goes on to tell us to put on the full armor of God. We are strong and powerful in his might and not of our own. You see, then we don't become weak-kneed. We can stand up strong for the name of Jesus. We can stand up strong in the name of Christ when something comes against you in your life, whatever that may be, whatever it may be that comes against you. You can stand strong and firm in Jesus Christ today. Arlene was talking to me about heaven and had talking about three people that she saw on T.D. Jakes this week uh, that had gone to heaven. They had, pa they had passed away and gone to heaven for about 45 minutes. They said they have no more worries here. You see, they have no more worries about what's, what are they looking for. And for their, their earthly uh, friends and family that passed away, they don't worry about that if they know Jesus Christ because they've seen where they're going. None of them wanted to come back. That was the thing about it. Arlene told me, said, none of them wanted to come back. But they all did. And why? To testify to us, maybe, that we won't worry about where we're headed. We won't worry about loved ones that pass before us. Or loved ones that are sick today. Because we know that it doesn't end here. There's a way better place for each and every one of us that God has prepared for us. A way better place. Let's be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. If we can do that, then we're not weak need anymore. The next one is, I'll tell you today, let spiritual healing take place in your life today. You may not even think you're in need of it. I'm going to tell you, I believe every one of us have some spiritual healing in our life that needs to be taking place. I don't know about y'all, but I haven't arrived anywhere near where I want to be. As a matter of fact, I don't think I'll ever arrive until I arrive at the pearly gates. Really. But that, I'm going to strive. I'm going to strive to do the very best that I can in the Lord in the time that we have here. Let spiritual healing take place in your life today. Psalm 35 says, For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for a life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning joy his joy comes in the morning let it take place in your life today you may be going through the roughest time of your life you may be on the mountaintop today i don't know where each and every one of you are but i know this that our god our god is with us no matter what and that yes weeping may take place tonight but his joy his joy in our lives knowing that he's in control that he's in charge that we live for him and not the other way around. That's the joy we're talking about. Let spiritual healing take place in your life today. It says in Scripture that you would have your path straight. Now, I don't know about you. My path has been a little crooked from time to time. I didn't take the normal routes to be a pastor. I took some varied paths. Even since I've been a Christian, I've gotten off the path. I don't want to ever get off the path. And that path is God's way. And I don't care what happens in our nation or what happens around us, we're called to walk that straight path. Too many of us are going through that wide gate that it talks about in Scripture, that wide gate that leads to destruction rather than the narrow gate that leads to life. Even as Christians, we can get through that wide gate every now and then. 
Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your, on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And what does it say? He will direct your path. He will. It doesn't say he might. He says he will. Acknowledge him in everything that you do in your life. And he will make your path straight. It's when I get done in my own way. It's my own way that it gets a little crooked. Would you agree today that God's way is the absolute best for you? Absolutely it is. I pray today that all of us can stay on that path that God has for us. His path is a wonderful path to be on. Since I gave my life to Christ, it's been way better. Since I really had that relationship with him, it has been way, way, way better. And I think any of us that are honest with ourselves today would say the same thing. When Christ started leading your life, truly leading your life, and not just playing church, not just accepting the free gift of salvation, I'm talking about walking with our Lord and Savior. When each of us start walking with our Lord and Savior on that path that he has for us, each one of us could testify, as the song says, somebody testify today that he's broken chains in your life. He's changed your direction from where you thought you were going completely. And he's made your path straight. That's a challenge for each of us to stay on that path with him. To stay on that path with him. This is the road map. This is how we stay. This is the plumb line. I'm going to tell you, it, has, it doesn't have a part of sin either. You know, sin needs to be taken seriously. A little sin is not okay. Too many times we think a little sin is okay. Oh, that's no big deal. Well, if that's not a big deal, then what about the next one? Is it not a big deal? How about the next one? Is it not a big deal? How about the next one? Oh, you know, there's, that's no big deal. I, I, I got forgiveness for that. I'll just ask the Lord to forgive me. No. Part of that path is taking sin seriously in our lives. Because here's the thing. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, you can be a Christian today and dying on the vine because you're not walking with the Lord. You may have salvation, but you don't have that relationship. You're not walking that path that he set before you today. The wages of sin is death, and it kills us here. It kills the light that shines in you. It kills your walk. It kills your testimony. It teaches others around you that a little sin is okay. If you're a parent today and you've got kids living in your house and you're not living, they're going to see that. Their youth minister can preach to them. Their Sunday school teacher can teach them. I can stand up here and preach to them. And if you're not living it in your house, they're going to see that. And they're going to think that's the way it should be. If you're teaching them the little sin okay, then you're teaching them wrong. 
because that's not the path that God has for them. And when you start talking to them about the path that God has for them, as you talk to Dayton about the path, he's graduating. There's a path that God has for you. And I'm sure your parents, I know them, they've talked to you about that. It's God's path for you. That world's going to tell you a lot of difference out there. Zion, the world's going to tell you a lot of difference out there. But God has a path for you. Just as he has a path for each one of us. And I'm not picking on y'all. I'm just telling you the truth today. Now, you are good young men. I love you both. You're great kids. But when you get out there on your own, you're going to have to live it. Not your parents. They've taught you. They've trained you. It's up to you to live it. Parents, teach them and train them well. Teach them that sin doesn't have any part of their life. The next thing it talks about is pursuing peace, God's peace. The first thing we have to understand is what is peace. Peace is what God gives you. We're not talking about peace that the world would say, that everything's hunky-dory. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, get this, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's the type of peace we're talking about. God's peace. God's peace in your life. And you're to pursue it. When you pursue something, you go after it. Kind of like you did your wife when you were a kid, before she was your wife. Yeah, you'd chase her down, wouldn't you? I'm going to marry that girl someday. Yeah. And you went and you put your best foot forward, didn't you, gentlemen? You put your best foot forward, didn't you? Because you thought, hey, this is, this is good. I like, I like this girl. I'm going to pursue her. I'm going to marry her. I'm going to put my very best foot forward. I'm going to mind my P's and Q's around this girl. And then you marry her. <laughs> and she goes, what happened to your nice P's and Q's? <laughs> Just kidding. I, Sherry saw all my warts beforehand, so, you know, she married me anyway. That's that's amazing thing right there. So, I heard that. <laughs> not that it's not true. But we're talking about the peace of God. Pursue God's peace. <laughs> Pursue it. And what does it say? Pursue it with all people. You see that? You pursue God's peace. The first thing we want to know is what is peace? It's what God gives us. It's what he grants us. Secondly, we're supposed to pursue that peace with all people. It says in Romans 12, 18 through 20, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For in doing so, you will, re you will heap coals of fire on his head. Romans 12.10 says, Be kind kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving 
preference to one another. As much as depends upon you. Do you understand that? As much as depends upon you. Each and every one of you is individually accountable. You understand that? To live at peace with all men. Now, does that mean it's always going to be peaceful? Sometimes to obtain peace, there has to be some conflict resolution. Does it not? Is anybody in here married? Is it always peaceful at your house? Every now and then, there's some conflict resolution that has to take place. Is there not? Well, I see y'all talking to each other very quickly on that one. <laughs> oh, that's funny right there. I don't care who you are. Mom ain't happy. Nobody's happy. But we kid about that, but in all seriousness. As much as we can do to make peace with this world, we should do. That doesn't mean it's always going to be received. You notice it doesn't say it's always going to be received. As much as depends upon you, you're responsible to make peace on your side. Now, if, it, if it's not received, there's not a lot you can do about it. Understand that today. This doesn't mean that you're going to have it 100% of the time. I don't know. Do, I don't have it 100% of the time with everyone. Do y'all? No. Absolutely not. Because you may have wronged someone. You may have went to them. You may have apologized. You may have done everything. It's upon them to forgive you. Now, if we're Christians, that's immediate. Because if not, that forget, unforgiveness in us will just wear us down. We'll talk about that in a minute. Bitterness. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Do everything you can to pursue peace with all people. You may have to bend over backwards a little bit as Christians. It doesn't mean you roll over. There's a difference. But there's times when you've got to stand firm and say, no, this is the way it is. I love you, but this is all I'm going to do. But as much as depends upon each one of us, pursue that. That means to go after it with vigor, to go after it, pursue that. Why is that? Because that's part of your testimony in the Lord. It's part of how we run the race with endurance that it's talking about. That's part of the way that, that happens. If we're kind, kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, giving preference to one another, it becomes a lot easier to us, does it not? Absolutely it does. The next thing we're to pursue is holiness. Pursue peace with all men and holiness. And we know this, Leviticus 20, 26 says, And you shall be holy to me, for I am the Lord am holy, and I have separated the peoples that you should be mine. If we're God's people, we should live in his holiness. There's not any. Second, 1 Samuel 2, 2 says, No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Amen? There is no rock like our God. He is holy, and because of that holiness, we pursue that holiness in our lives. That means we pursue Christ in our lives is what that means. Because if we don't pursue that, if we don't want that holiness, it goes back to a little sin's okay. But it's not, is it? We've talked about that. You see, the opposite of holiness is sin. 
Christ is our holiness. It is Christ in me that encourages me to run the race with endurance. It is Christ in you that encourages you to run the race that he has set before you with endurance. The next thing we look at is grace. I said this a while back. Our problem is we're grace hoarders. You see, God gives us grace, and we want to keep it all and not extend it to each other. I saw an acronym, God's Riches at Christ's Expense. That's really what grace is, God's Riches at Jesus Christ's Expense. We didn't deserve that grace, but oh, how I love that grace. Oh, how I love that grace. That same grace that God extends to us, let's extend to one another. And if we do that, you go back, we'll be able to live at peace with all men if we're just extending grace. You know, recently had our 40th, um, it sounds bad, 40th class reunion. Yeah, it's 40 years ago I graduated. I was 12 at the time, no big deal. You know, I was, I was high achiever. You know, I was a high achiever, so I graduated early. Just kidding. <laughs> but we, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was quite interesting. We were sitting there. You know, most of them can't believe I'm a preacher. That's, that's probably the number one thing. You know, you're a preacher. <laughs> I heard that. I, just, I get a lot of this. Daryl's a preacher. I got more than a few head shakes, but that's okay. That's just, that's a testimony of what God can do. So anyway, so we're sitting there and we're just, there's a big circle. There's about a dozen of us, 12, 15 sitting there and just talking about this and that different things that's happened in our lives over the years and different things that happened at that time in our lives. And we're talking about it and, uh, I'm just, I'm really just listening. And, uh, I, I told him, I said, you know, I said, if we could all go back and, and do it again, we'd probably be, all be a little nicer to each other, would you, would you think? And I said, yeah. I said, we might be a little more understanding of the other person's circumstances and maybe why they behaved the way they did because we don't know what was going on in their life. I said, because we all hid things from each other. I, got, I guess I got in a little preacher mode. <laughs> I don't know, but... And, that's, and they all said, yeah, we probably would. So here's the thing. We got that chance now to just extend grace because I don't know what someone's going through. Maybe they got aggravated and frustrated and lashed out. You don't know what they're going through. How about extending them some grace? How about putting your arm around them and telling them you love them rather than lashing back at them? Maybe you might ask them if you know them well enough, hey, what's going on? Anything I can help you with? I say this. We often lash out at those closest to us. We do. In our aggravation and our frustrations of life or whatever may be going on in our life, we tend to lash out at those closest to us. We do. 
Sometimes you just got to put your arm around what's going on. What's going on? What's bothering you? How can I help you through this? You see, that's what grace does. See, we as humans, we just bounce back right at them. What do you want? What? What are you griping at me for? What are you getting on me for? That's not right. But if we start looking at things a little differently, maybe from some other people's perspective, if we could go back in time and maybe do things a little differently at times, we would. But I say from today forward we can do them differently. We don't have to go back. We don't have to go back. From today forward, we can do it differently. And we can extend more of God's grace to each other that God has extended to us. And if we do that, then we can live at peace with people as much as depends upon us. Because you just never know what people go through. I mean, we never knew what each other were going through as high school students. I didn't know what was going on in other people's homes, how they had it, you know, what it was, what was going on. A lot of their aggravations and frustrations, I didn't know them. I don't know y'all's a lot of times. But we all have them in life. It's just part of life. So I say, if we just extend grace to one another, we can treat each other a lot better. And I think that's the path. That's a straight path that God's talking about. And I think that's the only thing we can all do, treat each other a little better. And not just inside this building, okay? I'm talking about when you get out of here and extend it to others. Just think about it this way. God has extended you much grace. Surely you can extend it to someone else if you think about it just in that way. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you have always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. You see, you have an abundance of grace for every good work that God has given you. Titus 2.11, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Hallelujah. The grace of God brought you salvation through Jesus Christ, through faith in Him. The last one we're going to talk about is bitterness. We don't want to fall short of the, the grace of God because here's what happens. Lest any bitterness spring up, causing trouble, and by this many become defiled. You know, bitterness is ugly. It's an ugly emotion that we have. All bitterness usually starts out of hurt. Somebody's wronged you in your eyes, and you become bitter about it. Maybe you become bitter with your lot in life because you see someone over here who wronged you doing better. That's where it goes back to that grace and forgiveness. You see, I, I, forgiveness, again, is so that you'll be cleansed and, and got rid of it. You understand that? You don't have to go talk to them about forgiveness. You don't have to tell them you've forgiven them. You do it inside of you for you. Because if not, it takes root. And it becomes bitterness. It interferes with cultivating healthy relationships. Why is that? Because you're bitter. And that bitterness spills over to other facets of your life. It may be at work where you're bitter. You don't like your job. 
you don't treat people well around you because you don't like your job. Then you go home, and you, you don't treat your spouse well and your kids well. Why? Because you're bitter about your job. Everyone you come in contact with, you don't like. Why is that? Because you're bitter about this life. And it's talking to Christian people here again. Christian people, be on guard for that bitterness in your life because when it takes hold, when it takes root, it turns to resentment. And resentment turns to anger. You understand these are all human emotions that none of us need to have on a daily basis. Resentment we need to never have. You ever taste something bitter? What do you usually do with it? Spit it out. Ooh, that's, that's bitter. Don't know part of that. That's cherry drinking unsweet tea. Ugh. Look, here's the thing. Bitterness drags you down. Plain and simple. It drags you down. In your everyday life, it drags everybody around you down. If you're feeling bitter today, maybe you have been wrong. Maybe you have been. But don't carry that bitterness with you. Because here's what it does. It just kills you, spiritually speaking. It kills your testimony in the Lord. It turns into anger and frustration and aggravation and resentment. All those things that we don't want to have a part of in our life. I don't know about you. I don't like to be aggravated and frustrated. I don't. It's not an enjoyable emotion to have to me. So what you got to do is you just got to let go and let God. You've got to let it go. The things around you, let it go. If you can make changes in your life through the Lord and through his leadership and his guidance, make those changes. If you can't do anything about the situation, why worry with it? Why get so aggravated and frustrated with something you have no control over? What that does is it spiritually kills you. Plain and simple. Keeps you from being the type of Christian that I think you probably want to be. You know, today, we'll use a lot more grace as opposed to everything else that we talked about. At the end of the day, in nearly every one of these, just extend some grace. Just extend some grace. They need some grace. I know I need it. I know you need it. So in your life today, before bitterness sets in, just extend some grace. Ah, that's not that big a deal. That knot in your stomach will go away. That aggravation and frustration that you have, let it go. How do you do that? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Let us run the race with endurance that is set before us.
if you were going to go out today and run a race, and I said, hey, here's a 50, here's a 50 pound lead vest. Carry this with you today as you run. Would any of you put it on? <laughs> You're not running. I'm with you, Brandon. I'm not running. Any of you runners, would you put a 50-pound vest on today? Amy, you run. You want a 50-pound vest the next time you run? Absolutely not. But yet, we run this life sometimes with those weight us down. We'll do that. What God has set free, oh, is free indeed. He's a chain breaker. He's a way maker. That's what he is. And he's made a way for us to live in that freedom of grace through Christ Jesus today. Don't put yourself under any kind of bondage. Live in that. Pursue that in your life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the lesson today that teaches us your way, the best way. And God, I pray that we really can run this race with endurance and we can let go of all that ensnares us. That we wouldn't have bitterness, that we would have grace, that we'd get along together in the name of Jesus. All the things that we've seen today, that we would be holy because you are holy. All of that that we've seen today, God, may we live it. That's what we pray today. In Jesus' name, amen. The altar is open. If you need prayer, please come. If you just want to come and pray, it's open. We're going to be just a little bit. I ask no one to leave because we're going to talk to the church just a minute after we get through at the altar, okay? of who